Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 118 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about the subscapularis muscle. Now, I know we've been talking about the rotator cuff a little bit uh, through in Parsonage-Turner syndrome uh, last uh, episode, and I thought we would um, talk about the subscapularis a little bit today, and I just want to take these muscles and, and take this cuff, tear it down a little bit, go one at a time, get back to the basics. We're going to talk about the location the function of the subscapularis, uh, you know, what innervates it, and uh, how to do special tests to identify if it's actually a subscapularis issue or not. Um, but before we jump into the meat and potatoes of that, I would just like to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, today, before we start uh, in on the subscapularis, I just want to take a moment and talk a little bit uh, briefly about OrthoEvalPal, uh, you know, who we are and, and what our objective is. Uh, I know some of you have been listening to us for a long time, but for those of you who are just jumping on to uh, OEP, um, you know, I started OrthoEvalPal to help medical providers and, and students you know, to feel more comfortable getting back to the basics of doing a good orthopedic evaluation. Um, OrthoEvalPal is, is not meant to be a technical and confusing, um, and there are a lot of young therapists out there and uh, medical students, NPs, PAs, maybe people changing professions, going from, um, you know, one profession into orthopedics uh, or into a different field in the medical profession. And um, I, I get a lot of people who come to my live courses and say, you know, I just switched into the orthopedic field and I just need to get back to the basics. And that's what we're all about. I'm here to be a guide and to give you my experience so that we can help troubleshoot orthopedic issues a little bit better. Um, I'm also here to help you with, um, you know, how to communicate with patients better and how to communicate with other providers better, like specialists, and how to relay information and um, use the team approach better. So there are really different aspects. I don't just talk about... Um, specific orthopedic injuries, um, but uh, as you'll see if you look back in some of the uh, previous episodes that we've done, we've done everything with uh, how to you know talk to providers better and communicate with them and uh, how to manage different situations uh, with different problems. So um, 
On to today's topic, which is the subscapularis muscle. Now, the subscapularis muscle is the largest and strongest of the rotator cuff. So where does this uh, beast reside? Well, it originates in the subscapular fossa, okay, which is the anterior aspect of the scapula. Um, it has a really large footprint, and it travels laterally and inserts onto the lesser tuberosity of the humerus. Now, remember, there is the most medial tuberosity, which is the lesser, and then there is the bicipital groove and lateral to that is the greater tuberosity. All right. Um, what innervates this uh, muscle? And, and it's the upper and lower subscapular nerves. Okay. And these derive from C5 through C8 nerve roots. And the subscapularis is a strong internal rotator. Okay. And it also helps to adduct the humerus. And it also offers a lot of stability at the glenohumeral joint to keep the uh, humeral head in the glenoid as you try to um, elevate the arm. So that subscapularis is, is very important in doing that and also helping with depression of the uh, humerus. Now, um, you know, the subscap runs neck and neck pretty much with the teres minor uh, as far as the least injured of the rotator cuff muscles. And I think that it uh, probably is in first place in regards to the least injured muscle of the rotator cuff. And, and why is that? Well, you need to remember this, that not only does the subscapularis internally rotate the arm, but then you have the large pec major muscle, the latissimus dorsi, which is a large muscle group, and your teres major muscle, which is are all helped to adduct and um, extend the arm and internally rotate that humerus. So there's a lot of uh, help there. And then the, um, you know, the subscapularis is set up in a position where it's at a mechanical advantage. It's very straight on to, uh, from its origin to its, its insertion, um, and therefore is very powerful at internally rotating the arm while the elbow is next to the side. Um, usually the, these tear because of some sort of a traumatic injury, um, you know, a, an aggressive external rotation of the arm. Sometimes this will happen in conjunction with a shoulder dislocation. I've seen it often with patients, especially uh, patients who are a little bit older, um, when they sustain some sort of a foosh injury, you know, falling on outstretched hand um, is quite common. Um, not too long ago, about a year ago, I had a young man, this was a very interesting presentation, I wish I would have videoed uh, this for you folks, um, but he had an injury like two or three years earlier and could not internally rotate his arm to the point, and he has so much weakness that he, could, he had difficulty dribbling a basketball because he could not internally rotate the arm hard enough to uh, be able to push the ball down to the floor well. He couldn't do things like bench pressing very well or do any internal rotation. Um, so when we took a look at him, he had all the positive tests of a uh, subscapularis tear, but I had never seen this in, you know, it's very rare to see rotator cuff tears in people younger than 20 years old, and he was probably 16, 17 years old, and um, extremely rare to see a tear. Um, so we were wondering, you know, maybe he had a fracture of some sort or um, a sub, you know, a, a nerve injury that could have caused this because it was dramatically weak. Well, this young man had sustained a uh, dislocation type episode, the shoulder uh, relocated, and um, went to the emergency room, x rays looked fine, and so he went about his. Uh, 
business and two years later discovered this issue uh, through a, a phys ed teacher who talked to our athletic trainer who then brought him to see us. Well, when we had an x-ray taken, we found that he had a um, significant avulsion of the lesser tubercle, completely avulsed the lesser tubercle off. Um, and then um, so we therefore we sent him to orthopedics and uh, they repaired that. Uh, he did very well. I actually just watched a video of him um, doing a reverse dunk and he's like, you know, five feet to 10 inches, maybe 5'11", uh, and uh, really reached up there overhead and laid it in. Um, and uh, so kind of a neat, interesting uh, injury. How do you test for the subscapularis um, tear, you know, or injury of the subscapularis? Well, you should never hang your hat on just special tests alone. So I don't do just one test. I use three different tests when I'm looking for a subscap tear. So the first one I do is a liftoff test. Now the liftoff test is, uh, and I will have lots of videos uh, linked in the show notes today showing all of these. Um, but the liftoff test is where you take the arm and completely internally rotate it behind you. And basically the back of the hand is on the low back, upper buttock region. And then you have the patient lift the hand off of that region. Now, the first thing you need to remember is, does the patient actually have enough passive motion and mobility in the shoulder joint to be able to even get to that position? So I always test the other side to see if they can. Um, and then what if they can't get it to that area, I try to see if I can passively bring them there. Um, because some people are just so tight in the glenohumeral joint that they are not able to get into that liftoff position. Okay, then you have them lift that back of the hand away from the upper um, glute and low back area and see if they can hold that there. And I'll give them a little bit of resistance. I'll try to push them in um, toward the buttock a little bit. And if they hold some resistance, then they're fine. But if they're not able to get that hand up off the buttock or it really gives away quickly or seems weak, they need to be suspicious of a subscapularis injury. I then piggyback that with a belly press test. So the patient basically puts the, um, the palm of the hand on the belly and pushes against the belly really aggressively. Now, if the subscap is, is uh, torn or is really weak or there's some sort of neurological injury, the elbow will fall back next to the side and start to extend beyond the body posteriorly because it's, they're going to try to pull the hand into the belly by using extension of the humerus, okay? And then I'll also try to pull that hand away from the belly, and if it comes off really easily uh, or without a lot of resistance, then that's a positive belly press test. Um, and then I uh, will throw the third one on there, which is a bear hug test. I have them internally rotate the arm and bring the hand over the uh, opposite uh, pec major uh, area, basically toward the opposite shoulder. And I have them try to hold that hand there without gripping onto their shoulder um, while I try to pull that hand away from that shoulder. Um, and if there's nothing there uh, and that all three of these are positive, then I'm really looking in the direction of a uh, uh, subscapularis tear. Um, I will then take the patient, have their elbow by their side, and I will test um, resisted internal rotation to see if there is weakness there also. Oftentimes, these people will be tender at the lesser tubercle or really medial, the real medial part of the shoulder. Um, and it's not uncommon um, to have a biceps, a long head of the biceps injury uh, concomitantly with a subscap injury. 
Um, the other way you can look into if a patient may have a complete tear of that subscap is to put the elbows by their sides, keep the elbows at 90 degrees and externally rotate. And um, the arm with the large tear or the tear in it will have more passive external rotation uh, than the other. Um, it's not uncommon for uh, the subscapularis to be an area of um, uh, you know, lots of trigger points. Um, and these trigger points can really be a source of discomfort, especially with people with adhesive capsulitis. So doing techniques like contract, relax techniques. Um, some people will even dry needle the subscapularis uh, with patients with adhesive capsulitis um, to help break down that spasm and, and decrease those trigger points uh, and decrease that pain in there. Um, I like to uh, stretch the subscap uh, by uh, grabbing the medial border of the scapula and uh, try to, um, you know, uh, abduct that scapula a little bit and uh, do some stretching that way. So um, that is the subscapularis muscle in a nutshell. Um, I am going to have several links on how I like to test the subscapularis and all the three tests that we talked about uh, in today's show. Um in the show notes of the uh, the uh, podcast today. And uh, don't forget to uh, check out our website at orthoevalpal.com. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps to uh, keep us recognized in the uh, online world uh, in regards to uh, what we do and uh, the way we help to teach people. Um, and make sure that if you go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel. And uh, if you like our videos, give us a thumbs up. That also really helps with our ratings. Um, so folks, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate your time and I hope you have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.